Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode 30 of the Loose Lug Racing Podcast presented by Double L Sports Network. Lauren Leach once again here with Mark Allen. And Mark, when I think about the number 30, I think about Michael Waltrip. Uh, at the local level, I think about Pete Vandermolen Jr. How about these other ones, too? Uh, I remember Johnny Sauter racing the 30 Richard Childress racing machine for a little bit as well. Um, Dave Marcus was another 30. David Stremme, who do you got? Hey, man, how are you doing? Yeah, local level. How about Zach Braun? He, uh, he runs around this. He was chirping on iRacing that he won at Martinsville on iRacing last night. And, and uh, well, he probably would have had a harder time if I would have been on there. Um, hey, how about J.J. Smith? He drove the 30 car, you know. And uh, Clyde Schumacher. Hey, let's go way back, you know. And, uh, hey, and I got another challenge for you. M.J. McBride, he run the Paps car up in Shano. And speaking of Paps, now you, you'll be forced to go get some PBR uh, for the beer challenge on uh, car number 30. Oh, you know, Paps Blue Ribbon, when I was announcing for the De Pere Deacons hockey team, man, those guys loved PBR. And actually, I've had it quite a few times, and I do enjoy it. I haven't had enough of them. How's that? Maybe I should uh, go find some this weekend and uh, – Kick back and watch some good racing this weekend. There's going to be some good stuff coming up. Well, speaking of Paps Blue Ribbon and all this, remember a few weeks ago when you and I were talking about, hey, when we go to a racetrack, we should bring, hey, today is in memory of Dick Trickle. Let's drink uh, Coors Light. Let's do uh, Paps Blue Ribbon. When are we going to start that? Um, I was at the racetrack a lot sooner than you were drinking out in the parking lot there, buddy. So I was already... uh, I was already engaged down at the Dells this last weekend. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to come up with a plan of starting that and get other people involved and let them know about it. I think that could take off. I, I believe you're right. All you do is just bring some beer and racing. What a good combo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we had a great weekend down at the Dells for the following 150. But let's start off with the NASCAR Truck Series at Texas. We were looking forward to this weekend. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. So the trucks at Texas. Um, Timothy Veens brought out the caution with two to go in stage one. But really, we've said this a few times this year, Sheldon Creed dominated the first stage. Yeah, he led all the laps of stage one. Um, yeah, the 49 car kind of walloped the wall. Pretty hard, you know, it was with three to go. So pretty uneventful first uh, first stage there for the trucks. Yep, and then uh, Clay Greenfield brings out the caution. He had a big hit there. Um, his crew chief was talking about it a little bit, Mr. Hollywood Hammond on NASCAR Radio Channel 90, and he was saying it was a, it was a pretty big hit for him. That was 28 to go in the stage. Yeah, that was a vicious hit. That was so bad it even brought the red flag out, you know. Hey, at that time, everybody was starting to use that JP1. Everybody started moving up and started trusting that stuff just a little bit more. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Well, then Tate Fogelman hit the wall hard with 18 to go in stage two, and then Crafton took the lead away from Creed coming back to five to go on the stage and wins barely over Creed. Creed did not let him get away, but Crafton takes it. Yep, Crafton caught him with five to go and uh, and drove away and, and got the stage win there um, 
for stage two. Sheldon Creed ended up taking the lead on the restart then, and then an unfortunate incident, Brent Angfinger blows up and causes a caution. Uh, unfortunate timing for that group to have a mishap like that. You know, that was the same thing what it looked like with Kurt Busch. It was just like you could tell the engine was just uh, tightening up on him, and then all of a sudden it went woof, and and that was the end of his day. So he's, uh, he's forced to win uh, tonight um, to, uh, to advance to the championship. Well, some pit stops occur under this caution. Derek Krause and Dylan Lupton take fuel only. Some other guys came back down during this yellow, the top off as well. That was going to help him a little bit. Derek Krause led him back to green with Creed to his inside. Creed took the lead pretty easily. Uh, but remember, Krause would have a set at the end or a few laps later when a caution would happen. Uh, and he hung in there, P3, P4 for a while. Yeah, he's done such an awesome job in that truck, you know, always keeping an eye on him. To So um, he's got enough talent and a good team. He's going to he's gonna win one one of these days. I agree with you. Yep, he's been impressive. Well, with 42 to go, Todd Gilliland goes around. Hard hit in one. Ben Rhodes moved down just a little bit, and they made side contact, which made Todd go around. Tough, tough hit for Todd Gilliland. I bet you Moffat closed his eyes on that one because it swept right across the bow. And I don't know how, how he missed that. Just like, but uh, that was a close call. But yeah, um, Gilliland uh, wiped out another truck. Yeah, they even said, uh, how did he get through? And he goes, oh, they just let off the gas. And I forget who was on the, I think maybe it was Kurt Busch where he says, I bet he closed his eyes. And <laughs> I do believe that probably happened. Yeah, just like, oh, you know, it's one of those, you're, you're ready for the hit, and it never happened. It just missed them, just uh, sliding across. That was, a, that was a hard hit into that wall, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that means they ran about 10 to 15 laps on that set of tires, so I was wondering what Derek Krause and Dylan Lupton would do. They end up do pitting for tires under that caution. I thought at that time I would have waited because I thought it was going to get interesting and there would be another caution. And and there was, but they go back to green with 35 to go. Sheldon Creed takes it. Friesen was up to second. What a run he was having. And then a caution with 31 to go. Chandler Smith goes around. Chandler was not happy at all with Tanner Gray. Not at all. That was going into three. And, yeah, he was quite upset about that. Um, <laughs> and then he went into the pit. To, to straighten it all out, and then he took off, and then the rear tire wasn't bolted on, and the tire went down, <laughs> went down the backstretch. So it just was, uh, it just compounded the whole situation on that fifty-one team. Yep, and that'll be a major penalty. We'll tell you more about it here in a little while. They go back to green with twenty-five to go. This was an intense restart. Friesen took the lead with a draft from Johnny Sauter, but Stewart makes a little contact with Creed going, Creed going for that lead. Sauter moved his way up to second, and then Sauter goes to the inside of Friesen in turn one. He got loose underneath neath him, and they wreck. So unfortunate. Both of those guys have had terrible years and could have really used this good finish, and um, boy, it just went wrong for them guys. It was just a bad angle on Johnny's part, you know. It just 
and she started to wash out and the more wheelie put into it, the more the rear end came around and I'm sure Friesen didn't even realize what was going on until he got put into the fence. And uh, yeah, the, them two, uh, those two, if they went direct there, that would have been a good race between those two. That probably could have been the winner of whoever uh, fought that out, but they, uh, they ended up taking each other out. Yeah, and you know, Stewart pulled a, a similar move as Sauter did versus Creed, but Stewart was just a little further ahead when he did it, and that was the difference there. Uh, Friesen was done. Sauter ran around damaged for a little while. Uh, Mark, if I'm not mistaken, Sauter kind of had a similar incident earlier in the year going for a lead with his teammates, and uh, man, he's just so close, and he's probably itching at the – he's just itching for that win and can smell it that he just – drives a little bit too hard into the corner and that it just snapped on him. Yeah, it snapped on him. And yeah, I recall that earlier in the year, that's the same kind of situation with Johnny. Um, it's another one of those 20, 2020 deals, you know, waiting for the year to get over with, you know, Hey, good to see freezing up there. That's the first time that he was really um, competitive. Um, looking like he was going to go for the win there, but uh, you know, that turn one and two, that is some difficult stuff. It all depends on how the angle you take out of one and going into two and how you come off of two. Um, you know, that when they took the banking out of turn one, that sure changed uh, changed that racetrack and it makes it a real challenge to get around that uh, that end of the racetrack. Three and four is flat out just haul to haul the mail and you can get around there. But one and two, you you got to finesse that. And that's uh, where the races are won and lost on that side of the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I was bummed for Stewart, but also Sauter. We saw him a few weeks ago at Oktoberfest. Man, he really needs that monkey off his back. But um, maybe he, he's got a few more chances at it. You never know. But they go back to green with 12 to go. Sheldon Creed was still leading. Then Ben Rhodes tries to go to the inside of Creed for the lead, but got too high and lost some spots there. Austin Hill goes to the inside of Creed, but holds second. Uh, Eckes then tries and loses two spots. Super good racing going on. Yeah, that last couple laps was uh, was some good stuff, you know. So, but then Eckes ended up uh, Rex with Rhodes, and <laughs> and then it was on. Then then uh, then there was some sprained feelings after that. Yes, there was. So Eckes goes hard into the wall on the front stretch. He and Rhodes were battling hard for third. Eckes got loose under Rhodes and moved him up a little in three and four. Rhodes. I am hesitant on saying retaliated. It looked like he did, but he explained it, how he was, you know, at 12 and six with that wheel. And when it came off the corner, it just feared a little left. I'll take him at his word. I have no reason not to believe him, but others think differently. Um, McMurray said what Rhodes did was unacceptable. Uh, Eckes gets out gingerly. And then all while that happened, Austin Hill was going for the lead and a lap car got in front of Sheldon Creed and Creed got tight. Hill was in front of that caution, but was not at the loop. So there was just a lot of action going on in that short amount of time. Yeah. Rhodes was yeah spouting off afterwards saying my part, his partner took me out, you know, <laughs> to finish me off. And, you know, Rhodes's truck, you know, was uh, just after them couple of laps, that truck was used up at the end. It was all tore up. So, well, this crew is going to have to fix that one. <laughs> that one was uh, wrinkled up pretty good. Yeah, and, um, man, just an, another unfortunate 
event. You don't need to see trucks like that. And it's, it can be scary when you see a truck go head on into the wall there. Um, super high speeds and everything. That's, that's never good. Yeah. That was a that, that nasty angle right there. And that's high speed. Yeah. That was a, that was a hard hit. I can see, I can see why Eckes was having a little bit of time uh, collecting himself after taking a hit like that. Yeah, and then when he did get out, he did flip the double bird to Ben Rhodes as he went by him. So clearly not happy, and we'll get into the teammate situation mm-hmm. here shortly. But well, if that makes you feel better, you know, I guess, huh? You know, <laughs> but uh, we've all done that. Yes, we hmm. have. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <clears throat> while they go into overtime, Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill bring them back to green. Moffitt was behind Creed. Zane was behind Hill. It was very close up front. Moffitt pushes Creed to the lead on bottom of three. White Flay comes out, and Sheldon Creed ends up winning the race. Um, it was a great race, a lot of action going on all all day long. Unfortunate incidents there, but um, awesome race. Yeah, well, Creed got that win from his partner Moffitt, giving him a push. I mean that that push was the winning uh, was the winning move. Sent him off into three, and then he was no one was going to catch him after that. So that was the whole idea behind his teammates. So here we go. Creed and Moffat are locked in, and uh, um, we all knew along that those two are going to be fighting right down to the last lap to win the championship. Yep, yep. Well, there was a wreck in turn one after the white flag came out, and I believe this is where. Chandler Smith and Ben Rhodes made some contact and Josh Balicki ends up getting the worst of it. To be honest with you, Josh wasn't happy with Ben Rhodes, but I think, you know, that's where Chandler Smith got into him. There's a lot of hurt feelings there, as you just said, Mark. Um, But, you know, when you think about a lot of these things, when there's retaliation, all this stuff, there's always an innocent bystander and Josh Balicki was it in this incident. So that is a huge bummer for him and that team because they were running, decently well um they're a mid-pack truck i would say and having a good run and now they got to fix a truck and some more funds go to it so you know when when guys and girls are doing that out on the track they just it's unfortunate when it includes someone else that had no doing with it and it happens like that all the time when it happens that sucks (laughs) wrong place wrong time like hey just try to finish you know, finish the race and then also get clobbered like that for minding your own business. And yeah, that's what happens when people retaliate that innocent bystanders end up getting collected in with that stuff too. That's why it's probably not a good thing to do, but in the heat of the moment, and I'm sure we'll see it again somewhere down the road. And uh, maybe if the hurt feelings are still, uh, still cooking uh, this weekend, uh, <laughs> Martinsville is a good place to, uh, um, straighten it out, you know. So, be interesting to see what kind of uh, retaliation we will see at Martinsville this weekend. I was just thinking the same thing. If you're going to get payback, Martinsville, a place that has had it happen before, and it seems to be the place to do it at. But we'll see what happens. So, Sheldon Creed took the win. Austin Hill was second. Zane Smith third. Rafael Lassard fourth. Brett Moffitt rounds out the top five. Then you had Matt Crafton, Austin Wayne Self, Dylan Lupton, Derek Krause, and Tanner Gray in the top 10. So a few different players there at the back half of that top 10. Yep, there was still some good runs there. Um, good race, uh, cold conditions. A lot of times, a lot of guys were 
tippy-toeing on that JP1, you know, but once when it finally started to come in, people were starting to use it more. Made for some good racing. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree. Well, here's how the points shake down for the trucks going into tonight, the cutoff race for the championship four at Martinsville. Sheldon Creed and Brett Moffitt advance with their wins. You just said it, Mark. Austin Hill sits third. He's 27 to the good. Zane Smith is fourth, 12 to the good. Matt Crafton sits fifth. He's 12 out of it. Grant Enfinger is 42 out of it. Ben Rhodes is 45 out of it. And Tyler Ankrum is 79 out of it. They're, you know, you win, you're in. So Grant Enfinger could win. Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, Tyler Ankrum. They all have a shot at it tonight. They they all seem to run okay at Martinsville. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I can see Crafton actually pointing himself back in, you know, if you get the stage points. But as for Enfinger, Rose, and Ankrum, they're going to have to pull out a victory if they want to get into the championship four. I completely agree with you. I think I misspoke there. I think Crafton could get in on points. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, how, how much we were looking forward to last weekend? This is the weekend that we were really looking forward to. Oh, yeah, short track racing. Don't get enough of that around here, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm all, all set for it. Get your popcorn ready. I'm, I'm ready to get that uh, get that all set up, and I'm going to have a front row seat for this one tonight. Under the lights, I like that idea, too, at Martinsville. Yes, sir. No doubt. Well, then the Xfinity Series was next at Texas, and uh, Chase Briscoe was your leader early. Caution comes out, coming back to lap 11. Jeb Burton had an issue. He goes around out of four. Maybe some contact with Anthony Alfredo there. Um, yeah, I would think there was, there was a question if there was or there wasn't, but I, if I was a betting man, I would say, yes, Alfredo just got touched, touched Burton just a little bit and spun him off in four. And then Justin Haley was racing aggressively early. He loosened up Sindrick and then tries to block Alfredo going down the backstretch. Boy, that was a, that was a close call there. But then Austin Sindrick repays the favor to him a few laps later. Well, what comes around goes around was <laughs> was the case of that one. So, yeah, you want to do this to me, I'll do this to you. So <laughs> that's the way it went. The competition caution comes out on 21. Then on the restart, they go three wide. Briscoe, Jones, and Allgaier. Briscoe ends up taking the lead. Jones tried to take the lead away with 13 to go on the stage, but he wasn't able to do it. He then takes the lead when Briscoe had a right rear go flat. What a save. By Briscoe, when that happened, he was able to pit right away. He had a sharp turn there, had to let a few guys go by, but a good call by him. Yep, yep. The rear end was messed up there on on Briscoe's car there. Good save on his part. Yep. Yeah, he had some other issues there. Something was broken in the rear end. Maybe a shock in the right rear they were talking about. Um, but he remained on track, at least for a little while. Caution comes out with five to go. David Starr blew up. Yeah, he blew up. He sure did. There was fluid all over the track. <laughs> yep. Well, then Briscoe has to head to the garage as they go back to green for a one-lap shootout in stage one. Brandon Jones takes the win. Ross Chastain got moved by Justin Elgeyer for second. Ross didn't appreciate that move. He lost a few more spots because of it. And, you know, Ross looked like he was kind of running the middle of the lane there, and Elgeyer was on it. Racing deal. Yeah, that cost the 10. It cost him two positions there. That's two points. 
And uh, I'm sure he wasn't happy about that. So, yeah. And uh, as for Briscoe, that was a broken shock mount that they had to go in and weld that all up. So he came back out later. He was 16 laps down. So his race was, uh, his race was done after that. Yep. Uh, Burton and Gregson bring them back to green. It was a good battle for the lead, multiple laps side by side until Harrison got loose on the bottom. Uh, Ryan Sieg had an issue and he had to go to the garage. There was another playoff driver with issues. Yeah, that was before uh, Burton uh, spun out, isn't it? Yep. Yep, so then yeah. Austin Hill had an issue then. There was just a bunch of guys having issues here at the beginning of Stage 2 and a little bit in Stage 1. Then Burton took the lead away with eight to go in Stage 2 from Gregson. Great battle all stage by those guys. Elgire now gets by his main second. Harrison Burton wins Stage 2. Yeah, Hill, uh, he had a flat rear tire on lap 58. The 39, he had a vibration that messed, up, messed him up. and So there was all kinds of different things that were going on. Uh, I call them gremlins is what was going on in, in the second stage of that race there. But, yeah, Burton uh, won his first stage race ever. I, I was surprised by that. He's won some races, but he's never won a stage race before. And that is my next note here. His first stage win in the Xfinity Series, I was shocked when I heard that. Yeah, that was a that was a new one on me. Just like really, as dominant as that twenty's been over all the years, but uh, yeah, he got his first stage win, so that was pretty cool. Well, uh, Justin Allgaier took the lead on the restart. There, good battle between Burton and Sindrick before Burton gets loose and uh, lost some spots there. Then Sindrick gets by Gregson to move the second. Harrison Burton spins off of turn four, but doesn't hit anything. He just got loose. He was running fourth at the time. Yeah, no, and it didn't take the uh, the spoiler off the bottom. If that grass would have caught that and destroyed that front end, that would have been the end of his race. Um, did you notice that PJ1 just is no good with fresh tires? Them tires got to have some heat in them before you can actually go up to that second groove. Um, it was kind of strange watching how they would kind of tippy-toe to get up into that second groove. But with new tires, that PJ1 was just un so unpredictable, especially in a cold weather like that. But um, after a while, once when you start getting used warmer tires and people are using a little bit, well, then also it would come in and then you could use it. But there was so much inconsistency with that stuff this weekend. Yeah. You know, and, and the longer they ran, the higher up in the groove the that they used the PJ1 there. But it's activated by heat, so I'm not. I wasn't real surprised when they it took a few laps on fresh tires because then it probably cools down. It has to reactivate. Someone has to go up there and try to do it, or the tires got to be hot. So it's just uh, it's just a little bit of a process there to move up. But Justin Allgaier leads on the restart. Then there was a caution with 69 to go. Riley Herbst got loose underneath Jeb Burton and goes hard into the inside wall. He destroyed another one, you know. Um, sometimes it just seems like he's just a little bit over his head. Um, he's got the yellow stripe on the back bumper, so that gives him a pass. But uh, he's destroyed a <laughs> he's destroyed a few cars this year. Oh well, that's all part of learning. Good thing he walked away. That was a that was a grinder. He hit hard. Yeah, yeah. Lucky to glad he walked away and everything was okay there. But few incidents that are unfortunate for that 18 team, and we'll see what happens with Riley Herbst moving forward. But, uh, he's a he's a good talent. 
Yeah, yeah, he's good talent. He's coming up through ARCA. Now he's he's dealing with these Xfinity cars. So another one that has no practice and, you know, and trying to learn learn the, the ropes and everything like that. So um, he does have the best equipment out there. So, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just my, my opinion is he's just sometimes just a little over over his head. But uh, uh, that's all part of learning. He'll, uh, he'll get better as he gets his seat time. Yep, and there's a lot, you see that a lot in this series. So there's there's learning going on. But uh, hey, how about Burton and Burton bring them back? Jeb and Harrison, uh, crazy restart. They were all fanning out behind them. Jeb Burton takes the lead. Justin Haley moves up to second. Then Justin Elgar got loose and Chastain got into him due to that. That was one of the reasons it uh, it got a little crazy there. Ross Chastain took the lead with 58 to go. Cindric followed him through to second. Yeah, there was um, all kinds of action. You know, once when stage three goes on, it it gets ramped up, man. It uh, uh, gets a lot more aggressive once another race and start the laps start winding down. Yep, it's go time. It is. Then a caution with 43 to go. Jeb Burton goes around, makes good contact with the wall. Looks like he just got loose on entry. Yeah, and he's spun in one and two over there, so, yep. Just got loose and just went around on it. Lost, lost, uh, lost the grip on that one. Then Haley and Annette bring him back to green with 37 to go. Chast- Chastain goes to the bottom to make it three wide, and he took the lead. Sindrick brushed the wall um, shortly after that. Then a caution with 31 to go. Snyder and Graf Jr. hard in the inside wall on the back stretch. They were crashing hard there. On the back, yep, the back stretch back there, yep. Well, that's high speed back down in there. And so, yeah, they, um, put her in a wall back there. Um, yeah, that was uh, another grinder for the backstretch. Uh, the 15 was also involved on that wreck, too. Um, just got a small contact out of uh, Tanner Gray. Well, then, talk about another incident. Here we go. 20, um, 25 to go. They go back to green. Chastain and Algaier bring them back. Algaier got loose underneath Chastain. They move both move up the hill. Then there's a big wreck. Chastain, Algaier, Jones, Clements, all involved in this one. Justin Algaier got out of the car. His day was done. Said that Ross is two-faced. He and experts um, think that Ross came down because he was aggravated aggravated with Justin. But there was uh, there was a small wiggle out of him. I don't know. Hard to tell. Um, Ross was hard on himself after the race. He took responsibility for it, but. Um, you know, Justin also said when he when he said Ross was two faced that Ross says a lot out of the car, but then drives like that. So some frustration boiling over. You know, you had to watch that replay. I had to watch that like four or five times just to get the clarity of what exactly happened. And uh, yeah, I would have to say the ten didn't didn't hold his lane. You know, and he just made contact just a little bit with Allgaier. And it was on, you know, um, you know, the frustration of Allgaier making a remark like that. But, um, yeah, I had to look at that replay. <laughs> I think it was even maybe even more than four times. I had to look at, like, what exactly happened there. Um, in my notes, I said, well, the 10 came down. And that was kind of like what I – he just didn't didn't stay in his lane. But uh, tight racing, all you need is a little com- a little contact, and it was on. Yeah. Ross definitely came down. I just don't know if the wiggle happened before contact or after contact. That's where I'm 
wondering what happened there. But uh, unfortunately, it took out a lot of front runners there that have ran run well all day. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, just another incident there. But uh, Sindrick and Gregson bring them back. Sindrick takes it initially, but he got super, super loose. Gregson took the lead when that happened. Alfredo went to second. Harrison Burton made his way up to third here. Austin Harrison goes to second with two to go, and he was flying. Gregson got tight out of four. Harrison goes to the inside and wins the race. Unbelievable. Um, I did not think Harrison had a shot to get to him. It wasn't even close. I mean, he just blew his doors off. And uh, Gregson was staying up in that JP1. And, um, gee, I wonder if it would have been different if he would have tried to stay down low. But his uh, his line was he was running that second groove. And, um, yeah, it wasn't even close. And Burton said he didn't know how the uh, how it even stuck. He just put it to the floor. And it stuck. And, <laughs> wow, kudos to him, man. He blew his doors off and he got the victory. What a What a finish to that race. I mean, <laughs> I was sitting there like, no, no, he's going to do it. And, uh, oh, man, could you see the dejection on Noah Gregson's face? He said in his interview, because Gregson's behind in the points, so that win would have moved him on to the championship four. Yeah, he even blew an F-bomb on, on national TV. <laughs> when he was all done, he just blah. I was like, okay. And uh, they said, well, we're sorry for that. But, uh, well, yeah, he was dejected. He, he looked like he was uh, – uh, like he took a shot, you know, he was just like a, a deer in the headlights. He was just like looking around like, what the heck? You know, he, I, it's just unbelievable how that car just fell off on that last corner. Crazy. Yeah. And Burton was coming though, man, he was coming with a, with a vengeance there. So Burton won Gregson two. I, Anthony Alfredo finishes third, Austin Sindrick fourth, Brandon Brown. Fifth. How about a top five out of Brandon Brown? Then, uh, Mike, Met- yeah, Justin Haley, seventh, Ryan Vargas, eighth, Josh Williams, ninth, and Tommy Joe Martin's 10th. Talk about an awesome top 10 there. Ryan Vargas, who gets into that ride with sponsorship from TikTok, Tommy Joe Martin's the season that he has. Josh Williams has had a few top 10s now. Brandon Brown makes it into the top five. That was awesome. Yeah, some names up there that you don't normally see. Uh, that Josh Williams, he's been popping top tens uh, quite regularly now. And but Brandon Brown with a top five, that that's pretty cool stuff right there. That's good. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next for these guys. Josh Williams, you remember, ran great in the Arca series as well. Yep, yep, he's done a good good job on that. So uh, yeah, every time you turn around, hey, there he is in the top ten again. So. Uh, might be uh, somebody to deal with next year with the uh, experience that he's getting. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Well, let's get into the points for the Xfinity Series before getting into the Cup Series race. Chase Briscoe is the only one that is guaranteed in the championship four with his win. Uh, Austin Sindrick is plus 14, Justin Allgaier plus 8, and Justin Ailey plus 4. Brandon Jones is the first one out. He's minus 4. Ross Chastain said sixth. He is 15 out. Noah Gregson seventh. He's 24 out. And Ryan Sieg minus 43. Um, again, the Xfinity Series drivers don't have a ton of experience at Martinsville. A few of these guys raced in a truck there. Um, but uh, the Xfinity cars, it's been a while since they've been there. 
I think they said, what, 2005, 2007, somewhere around there? Been a long time since, uh, and that's uh, kind of weird. Uh, you figured that they would stop there at Martinsville, but they haven't been there. So um, looking at them points, um, you know, Ross Chastain maybe could point himself in if it works out all right. Uh, Gregson has too many guys in front of him to be 24 points out. I think Noah's going to have to win win to, to get in, and Ryan Sieg for sure being 43 out, he's going to have to win that. So, But, uh, hey, anything could happen. Even Sendrick being up 14, he's not safe. We're all guyer. All it takes is one spin or a flat tire or, you know, make a tire rub and have a flat tire, and it could ruin your whole season. So, um, yeah, anybody can get in on this one here. It should be a dandy tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah, the whole weekend. Dude. On NBC in the middle of the afternoon, I think 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. They're going to run that one. The whole weekend is going to be awesome. And the Xfinity Series, first time they're back in many years, that's going to be great to see those guys go at it. You know, Justin Elgeyer is only eight up, but think about his success at Phoenix. That would, uh, I think a lot of guys are hoping he doesn't advance. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got to put two Fords up there, you know, because they've been, I think, you know, <laughs> you, you know, I'm going there. Um, Cedric deserves to be there, but he's going to have to earn it, you know. And uh, so, and then the other ones, it's, it's, boy, it comes down to this race. If you want to move on to the championship, you're going to have to cross the Martinsville Bridge. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into the Cup Series here. Uh, what was it, like a 75-hour race that happened? Uh, first, to start it off, the 19 of Truex had his spoiler confiscated. That is a $35,000 fine, 20 driver and owner's points lost, and crew chief James Small got ejected. Just something that cannot happen in the playoffs. That is, Those points are too valuable. I mean, that, that was a part that you're not supposed to touch. You're not supposed to even mess around with that. And they spotted something on there. And still, I haven't heard. I have not heard yet of what they did with it or what, what they found. But, uh, yeah, to take 20 points away. Um, so that just forces Truex that he's going to have to he's gonna have to win to, to get into the championship round. Yeah, you know, a few years ago, was it uh, Stuart Haas? Uh, if I'm mistaken, I apologize. Someone was messing with those spoilers. They were actually creating creating their own, and the same thing happened. They got it taken away, and man, that that's. I mean, Truex was a little behind to begin with, so maybe he needed to win anyway. But man, that's the valuable to lose the money, the points, the crew chief. That that just hurt. Yeah. That's a that's a serious fine, and then make you start in the back on top of it, and so. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. So when they say you ain't supposed to touch that part, and and they did. So uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> uh, set the table for him now. He's going to have to win the race. Yeah, and I say it hurt, but uh, they didn't let it show that it hurt him too much. But we'll we'll get into it here. Uh, Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano lead them to green. Harvick takes the lead. Logano actually lost a few spots there on the jump. Caution on lap five right away. Chris Busher hits the outside wall hard. For some reason, he kept going. He finished that race even though 
that rear end was smashed as bad as it was. You know, it only took him five laps to uh, to take the back end off that Mustang, and but uh, not enough damage, unbelievable, that he could keep going. Yeah, I know. Um, so Harvick and Brad Keselowski bring them back to green. Harvick takes it again. Keselowski was able to hold second, though, this time after a good battle with Alex Bowman. And, you know, this is where they started showing the camera, and it looked like it was raining, but they were still racing. Um, and then Parker Kligerman was saying how he can feel the rain, but the ground is completely dry. It was bizarre. I couldn't believe they were racing in it, but it worked out for a little while. There was a caution on lap 22. J.J. Yaley slams the wall. Competition caution was scheduled for lap 25, but that would be it instead. Yeah, Yaley kind of was like, if the 17 can hit the wall hard, watch this. And he clobbered that wall. <laughs> that 27 car was downright used up. He smashed that one pretty hard. Um, yeah, you know, that, that that was really strange with the mist and the way that worked. And that was a misty weekend for a whole week. That's what was, like they said, it would clear up. And then all of a sudden, this cloud fog bank would come rolling in with this mist. It was just enough to make everything miserable for this whole uh, <laughs> for this whole week. It almost reminded me of Oktoberfest, maybe our first year there, back six or seven years when we had that driving mist on that Thursday night and they were still racing in it. Miserable. That's just miserable conditions and being that cold, you know, so, but uh, yeah, that would be a good, that'd be a good uh, uh, comparison of what that, what uh, they were going through down there. Yep. That's all I could think of, but uh, Harvick and Bowman bring them back to green on lap 28. Harvick takes it again in three. Hamlin and Almirola got really loose in turn one. They lost a ton of spots. Then Harvick hits the wall in turn two. That car just did not want to turn coming off the corner. Alex Bowman took the lead. It was crazy to see these guys coming out of turn two like that. That's that's that turn two over there. and There's a little bit of that GP1 that's there, and it's just, uh, yeah, they had the in-car on on Harvick and he was feathering it, you know, and trying to get it and it just wouldn't turn. And he, and he smacked the wall and it's, uh, everybody scattered. They did a good job of not, uh, running him over. So, but, uh, yeah, good in-car camera on, on Harvick on that one. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. Um, unfortunate for him, but good to see what all happens when stuff happens. Um, Harvick ended up pitting two laps later. Then Custer hit the wall coming out of turn two. And I was just amazed that they, they were still going. Uh, caution finally comes out for moisture. They, they had some drivers pit under caution and then the red flag on lap 53. And that was all the action that happened until Wednesday. It's the longest that uh, Clint Boyer has ever led a race. <laughs> it's probably the longest that anyone would ever lead a race. My gosh. <laughs> yeah he led the race for a long time there and uh, uh, a lot of the teams couldn't do very much they, I guess they could start the motors but they couldn't work on them um, Harvick was uh, fortunate that uh, the steering wheel was still straight on it and they got a good look at it but uh, nobody could touch the vehicles uh, uh, during this whole 50 what is it 72 hours of red flag 
And then finally, all of a sudden, they finally got some clearing out on Wednesday afternoon, and they can finally get it back going again. Yeah, unbelievable. So they get back going on Wednesday. They get back to green on lap 57. Clint Boyer and Jimmy Johnson bring them back. Clint Boyer takes it. Hard racing right off the jump there. Brad and Kyle are close racing. Then Brad and Bowman or Byron get close. Byron lost a bunch of spots after he had a lift for Brad right there. Yeah. You know, uh, once when they went to restart, Harvick, he just stayed on pit road to, to pull them fenders out, make sure uh, there was a penalty on that, uh, that you start at the longest line in the back, which is fine. He had nothing to lose. Long way to go on that. And, hey, the fans not only got some uh, tickets, they got pit pass tickets for hanging around. And then NASCAR heard about that and said, well, we'll just make that a hot pass. So all the scattered fans that were in the, in the stands all get a hot pass for uh, All-Star Weekend next year. So kudos to NASCAR stepping up and helping their fans out that uh, who support their uh, support their racing down there. That was a good, good move by on NASCAR. Oh, I agree. Um, talk about the access that you can get at a race and all that stuff. You don't get that at other sporting events. And to NASCAR step up and go a little extra after the year that everyone's had, kudos to them, absolutely. Yep, good stuff. There wasn't many fans that were there, but they like, but they noticed them just like, hey, look at all the fans that are still hanging around here. You know, I guess if I lived in the Dallas area and I had nothing to do, I guess like you and I, we if we had nothing to do, what else are you going to do? You're going to go hang out yeah. at the racetrack. So, <laughs> so they're going to get rewarded for uh, for for being yep. there. Well, then um, Kenseth got loose. I believe this was in three and four, and Hamlin couldn't check up. Kenseth spins and gets into the side of Bubba Wallace. Bubba makes hard contact with the outside wall. Kenseth goes through the grass. He gets destroyed. Both guys are done. Almirola got a piece of it, too. And here's my question to you. Can you imagine sitting around for three days and getting wrecked, wrecked in three or four laps? Well, that's why uh, that's why Bubba threw his gloves. <laughs> when he was just like, you got to be kidding. I'm just hanging around for three days in this crap, and then all of a sudden you'd only last uh, five laps and it's over, you know, so – yeah, quite a frustrating boy. Did that uh, that grass tore up Kenseth's car, and that was just destroyed. That one um, still got grass out on racetracks. Uh, it's funny they don't come up with uh, uh, some artificial stuff that doesn't tear them front ends up like that, especially in uh, wet wet conditions like that. Well, we've talked about this before. Charlotte Motor Speedway has the best thing ever. That turf, man. I yeah. Again, I don't understand why we are not putting that places. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like mowing grass down there. I don't know. I don't understand it, but boy, wow, did that tear that 42 car up. Um, yeah, that, that car was destroyed. And uh, now, probably from embarrassment, I guess, uh, uh, they didn't talk to Matt about that. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's, he's ready to hang it up, too. I think uh, this whole experience that he's had this year has not turned out to be a good one. Yeah, it hasn't. Uh... You know, you thought after that first race at Darlington, you thought, oh, man, could this be his return and get a good ride? But unfortunately, it hasn't gone the way anyone has wanted it to. But uh, Matt's one of the best to ever do it. So um, keep his head high and, and go from there. We always enjoy talking to him. Great guy. But he went down pit road when this all happened, and he spewed uh, his car spewed fuel 
all over. And then the crews on the teams had to try to clean their stalls. It's quite interesting that he decided to drive it back. I was, I was curious about that move and why, why that happened. And it was just boiling out of the engine. And there was all kinds of fluids and everything like that. That whole incident really messed up Denny Hamlin. It just, it put just a little damage on the front end. Then they got a close up of it and it showed just how much, how much damage was to the front end. And, uh, Denny, Denny struggled with that that car all day after that with that front end having a little bit of damage on it. On that yes, front he bumper. did. Yep. Well, they go back to green on lap 69. Clint Boyer and Jones choose the inside. Truex, boy, he made some hay early. He was already up to third. Then he gets to go to the outside for the lead. Um, Clint ends up taking it, though, but there's a caution a few laps later. Lap 76 for debris. They go back to green on lap 82. Clint and Truex side-by-side side again. Truex led at the line for two laps barely, but Clint was able to take the lead on the next lap. And then there was some major blocking going on. You know, all of a sudden, blocking has become a, has become a big thing lately. We've been seeing some major blocks. And um, the time when, when Boyer did that to Truex, I think he would have rolled him all the way down to the wall. He was definitely was not going to give up that position when they were going into. Yeah, three. it was uh, it was very aggressive, and that was uh, that was with three to go after they got around a lap car. There, Truex had a terrible entry in three that really hurt him. Clint Boyer wins stage one. I'm sure Truex wasn't too happy about that. That one there would make you pound your fist on the steering wheel, but that's blocking, and that seems to be. Uh, seems to be the thing to do, uh, and somehow, some way, that can get you in some major trouble. And uh, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what uh, what's going to happen with that. Uh, it just seems like it seems more popular to block nowadays instead of race. Well, somebody. and typically you see it at places like Daytona and Talladega. And Brad's made some comments at those places. If you're going to start seeing it more and more, like we have at these mile and a halfs and other places. I'm sure people are going to be fed up with it, and you try that one too many times, and it's over. Yep, yep, that's right. All of a sudden, you're going to block me? Well, guess what? I'm make contact with you and send you on your way. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, all that's got to do is set up a little frustration level, and guess what? You do that. You get a reputation of doing that, and uh, you're going to find yep. yourself into the fence. Yep. While Bowman and Boyer bring them back to green after the stage, Bowman takes the lead then. There have been there was a few three-wide deals. Brad backed out of one in stage one, then Truex does early in stage two. A um, couple of three-wide instances there that people did not want to be in. Clint got super loose one lap, and then Jimmy was in the uh, top three there. Bowman, Blaney, and Jimmy were the top three at that point. You know, the 88 and the 95, Bowman and uh, Bell, they took no tires there. And, uh, you know, Bowman held his own. He was staying in the top three, held his own. But uh, Bell, that didn't work for him, and he fell through through the uh, through the pack there with his no tires after that, the start yeah. of that uh, stage. Well, and there was some cording on those left-side tires. That, that was going to be an issue at some point. Uh, nothing turned out too, too bad, but there was a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was some uh, definitely some tire wear that was going on. Uh, they were showing different different teams with different tire issues, and uh, 
Um, yeah, that's what that was going yep. on all weekend. Then a caution on lap 134. Joey Gase goes around. Contact from William Byron. They may have been three wide just before that, and I think that's what started it. They didn't show it, but I would I would bet that the 24 just made just a little contact on Gase and something else. Some do fuel only, and some do two tires on this spot. Bowman lost a ton of spots on pit road due to stopping for Ricky Stenhouse. Stenhouse was going to work with him, but Alex didn't know it. There wasn't good enough communication between Greg Ives and Alex Bowman there. Um, it's a miracle they didn't run into each other. And it was the best thing uh, that uh, Bowman could do was stop. And that's, and that's all he could do, you know, but, uh, it was, uh, it is what it is. It's just, uh, if Bowman went to stop, he would have just piled right into the side of the 47. So that's, uh, that's what happened on that. Uh, on that yeah. And Greg said that he was working with them. So I think he would have been okay, but, um, so I'm disagreeing with you a little bit there, but you got to tell the driver that he's okay to go and not to stop there when you're working with your neighbor there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to communicate that and lack of communication. Yep. Set that uh, one and up. you know that they'll learn from that going forward. They're a good team and good guys. So just uh just a little mistake there. Uh, Blaney and Truex bring them back to green on lap 139. Truex ha- again has to lead at the line, but Blaney was able to take it back in one and two. Austin Dillon, was making adjustments in the car with the duct to change downforce in each corner. I was just blown away by that. Yeah, so was his crew chief that was showing that secret on national TV <laughs> that he was doing that. So, um, yeah, interesting. So now we're, we're messing around with air ducts as we're doing 190 miles an hour. Like, really? Um a manual adjustment as you're yeah, going. Yeah, I uh, agree. Quite interesting. Um, Truex eventually passes Blaney on lap 155 for the lead. All of a sudden, I saw this gray car coming, and Kyle Busch was running third. Where did he come from, I put? Well, I'll tell you what, that, that JP1 was working, and that, that just opened up a whole new groove on that racetrack. And ever since then, then that groove was – was the way to get around. But yeah, all of a sudden, where did this silver bullet come from? And he was obvious, obviously a lot faster yeah, coming yeah. up through the ranks. Um, and then Truex, did he run out of fuel? Kyle goes flying by. Um, Chase Elliott had some major courting during this uh, as well. Had to come back down pit road. Kyle Bush wins stage two, but did Truex run out? Yeah, it burped. It, uh, it, uh, it hiccuped, and then he had to switch it over to reserve. And so, yeah, they had the end card, and you could actually hear that it stumbled. Um, when Elliot came in, he had no issues with that rear tire, and I'd like to see if he did a burnout. You know, once when you got your fuel and you take off, if he burned out or uh, squealed his tires at all, because when he went back out, um, then he said a vibration, and I thought, well, maybe he changed two tires, but he didn't. And then when they took the tire off, all of a sudden it was shredded, and that ruined his day. He ended up a lap down out of that, and he never got that back the rest of the day. Well, um, Bush and Boyer will bring him back to green. Kyle Bush takes it after a great battle with Clint. Uh, Boyer then runs out of fuel with 78 left. Yikes, I don't think 
Um, they got it full. Something happened with that team. They were running not very good fuel mileage and couldn't get enough in it or something happened because they were a little far out from their window than they should have been. Yeah, they were going through fuel faster than other people were. And, boy, and at that time, Truex was super fast. Wow. But but he had 10 lap newer tires than anybody else, too, uh, during that session. So that, that helped out a lot, too, that, uh, that Truex was faster. But he still couldn't catch that silver yeah. bullet that was running out. Um, so Kyle Pitts coming back to 66 to go. Nice job saving by him. He had to save about a bunch of laps of fuel there. They wanted him to go 10 more than what they were expecting to. Maybe they only had to save a few, but he did a hell of a job. And again, later on, we'll get back into it. But Christopher Bell at one point was the uh, quickest on the track. Truex then pits from the lead with 59 to go. Kyle easily goes by him when Truex come off pit road. And Kyle will cycle back to lead when everyone pits. You know, during that pit cycle, um, Harvick came in and there was a loose tire. And it got away, and it you know he was in the first pit stall, and that tire rolled down the wall, uh, definitely out of his pit box, and they were wondering if that was going to be a penalty or not. And um, <laughs> you know I've I've been a little bit of a stickler about uh, the um, how they how they police that. There's no uh, consistency with a lot of that stuff. I think when a tire goes out of the pit box like that, that should be a penalty. That definitely was a loose tire that was rolling away. And the guy walked down the wall and he grabbed it and he said, no, no penalty. And I just like, um, I think that's a little inconsistent. And I didn't like that call. I think well, the should have got I, penalized for that. As I remember it, I don't think it went outside of the pit box. If I remember correctly, it, it was close, but he had short pitted in that pit stall. So there was a bunch of room forward of him. And I don't think it completely got out. I, I might be wrong on that, but, um, yeah, either way, there wasn't a penalty. He was in pit stall number one, so there's nobody that was out in front of that pit stall. And that tire was rolling along the wall, and that guy behind the wall had to run five feet up the wall to go catch that tire. And it was just lucky it just got pointed and went that way. But uh, it definitely was like five feet out of the box. It was not in somebody else's box because it was in pit stall number one. But um, for a moment, that was a loose tire. Um, I know they say, well, if it doesn't cause um, a safety issue or impede another comp competitor, they're not going to penalize on that. And that's was the remark that was made during the broadcast. And, and I and I just shake my head and just like um, they need to clean up that rule. Um, at one time, it was it was way too strict, you know, where they said the tire couldn't be more than an arm's length away. And now you see tires that get away or they leave them there and then somebody picks them up as they come around. And um, I don't know. It just seems like it's, there's a little bit too much gray area in that, uh, in that situation. So, but yeah, I thought well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think they did clean up the rule to where, yeah, there, there might be a little bit of gray, but it was, it's way better than what it was. So maybe that's why I'm thinking it's leave it the way it is. It didn't affect anyone. It wasn't a safety issue. He did get lucky that it went that way. I will say, I will agree with you on that, but um, I, I don't know if they need to overcomplicate it and keep looking at this thing, just make a decision and go with it. Yeah, well, 
when you see a tire go five feet away from uh, from from their pit box, it's definitely out of the pit box. I mean, you can't work on the car uh, or take any equipment outside the box. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. It's better than what it used to be when it was so strict. But um, there's there's some gray area there, and it's just like I'd like sure. to see it. Yeah, just I can't. Up uh, I can't more. necessarily disagree with that. So, um, how about Jimmy Johnson? He was smoking heavily on pit road there. Uh, blew it up it almost looked like he was sitting on pit road and that smoke was just continuing to billow out I almost <laughs> was sitting there like is he on the throttle just pissed off saying well it's already gone I'm out of grenade uh, yeah it was kind of weird like uh, it was I don't know if, if the the timing was out of that motor or if they burned a piston or what happened there but yeah it was chugging right along you know, once on you kind of think about um, maybe they might set that that engine just a little bit um, on the edge more than the other ones to see, you know, if the the, the guys there his partners, um, if they could actually see if the engine can actually take um, take the abuse if they set it up just a little bit uh, um, more aggressive than the ones that are actually in the championship. And he ended up, uh, that motor ended up then making it. But, uh, yeah, that was a smoker, and he burned that one up. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and that was his um, Well, smart move by Kyle Busch. He let Boyer go to the lead with 52 to go so he can draft off him and save fuel. Brilliant move there. Uh, Christopher Bell was coming. He was starting to apply pressure to Martin Truex for second. Boyer has to pit with 23 to go from the lead. Kyle Busch wins and saves enough what a save job by kyle what a decision by crew chief uh adam stevens who was almost acting like a spotter as well it was just incredible he didn't even have fuel for a burnout and then he uh and then he said well where's the bow he didn't even <laughs> did his traditional bow he goes oh i forgot so then he had to go over there and um yeah, Kyle said he was kind of excited. He said it was like a, a championship uh, uh, feeling. I uh, wanted to keep that 16-year streak going, and he got it. And, uh, yeah, he did a good job on that. So, But, uh, yeah, no fuel uh, no fuel for that. They had to get a yeah, tow truck to push him. Yeah, he actually did quite lane. the burnout. I was surprised that he had fuel to do, do a burnout. But then when he got back into the car, it wouldn't start. So um, that's when they had to push him through. But, 16 straight seasons with a win for Kyle Busch. He high-fived the kid wearing his jacket when he went to go get the checkered flag. He's also going to be raffling off his helmet. $18 a piece for a ticket. It goes to the Bundle of Joy Fund, which I talked about right away in our in our first podcast, I believe it was. It was one of the early ones. What a great, great um, fund that they have going for that, that people want to have kids and are struggling. Um, boy, you can't win something like that for $18. Go and support that fund anyway. But when you can win a helmet like that, why would you not, why would you not contribute to the bundle of joy fund when you can win something so special like that? And you see that helmet, that uh, zombie helmet. So <laughs> it was, it was, well, it kind of was a, a fitting weekend for, uh, hanging around down in, uh, Texas, <laughs> Well, it was misting off the whole whole week down there. So 
But yeah, cool looking helmet, man. Eighteen dollars that would be worth uh, chipping into. Oh hell yeah, that looked good hell in the man cave. Yeah. Man. Um, I had goosebumps after that race to see all that was going on. Kyle giving up? Is he going to last? That was a fantastic race. Yeah, it went caution free on stage three. Usually, you get all the action. Um, if a caution would have came out anywhere during that uh, that last stage, uh, well, then who knows who would have won? It might have not fallen into Kyle's lap like that. So, but uh, good to see a final stage three just go uh, caution free, and and I think everybody was just relieved that they can finally get out of Texas and. Start looking yep, forward to yep, going to Martinsville absolutely. this weekend. Well, how about let's get into the points for the Cup Series here before we get into short track racing. Uh, Joey Logano has advanced to the championship four with his win. Kevin Harvick sits second. He's 42 to the good. Denny Hamlin is sitting 20, uh, 27 to the good in third. Brad Kozlowski is sitting 25 to the good, sitting fourth. Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott are tied for fifth, 25 out. Then Martin Truex Jr. is 36 out. And Kurt Busch is 81 out. But again, we're going to Martinsville where, you know, Chase Elliott has run well. Martin Truex has run well. So, you know, all of a sudden, Denny Hamlin, Brad Kozlowski, they're uh, they're going to have to get after it. I think if they hold their own and they get their, get their stage points and uh, nothing happens to them, they should be okay. I think the bottom four, they're going to have to win. I don't think you can make up 25 points. It could be done if somebody else has uh, has an incident, but uh, the bottom four are going to have to definitely have to, going to, have to win. Um, we'll see. It's a, it's going to be a dandy of a race. Um, if somebody gets taken out or somebody's feelings get hurt, this is going to cost a championship run. Um I don't know. It could downright get uh, aggressive down in the pits. Some somehow, some way, on any of these three series, if somebody gets taken out or is done wrong this weekend, it means a whole lot. And uh, yeah, I think you might. Uh, oh yeah, might no doubt about it. Well, weekend. let's recap the top ten too from Martinsville. So Bush won. Truex was second. Christopher Bell was third. What a great run for that team there as they. They're ending their NASCAR venture. Ryan Blaney was fourth. Alex Bowman, fifth. Brad Kozlowski, sixth. Kurt Busch was seventh. Matt Benedetto eighth. Denny Hamlin, ninth. And Joey Logano rounds out the top ten. Getting back into the points now, yeah, I agree with you. I think someone's got to win, but I would not put it past Chase Elliott. I would not put it past Martin Truex Jr. Even Kurt Busch has run well there. Alex Bowman, not so much, but could he borrow a setup from one of his teammates who has? Maybe, and maybe he gets it done. Strategy is going to come to play. It's going to be an awesome weekend. I can't wait for it to start here in just a little bit. And I'm understanding the weather is supposed to be good. I said last week that the weather was supposed to be good down in Texas, and and that, that stupid mist was there, and it kind of and it ruined Sunday. But I'm hearing good weather down there for nice. this weekend. So Well, here's we'll some news for, the NASCAR as, uh, for NASCAR as we get going here. Uh, Danny Stockman and tire changer Brandon Trano are suspended from three truck series races for the tire that got off of the 51 truck of Chandler Smith. Uh, Newman, Blaney, and Boyer all had a loose lug. Loose lug. Uh, the there, trucks and I Xfinity series that. will join the Cup Series at the Circuit of the Americas next year. 
Carvana will sponsor Jimmy Johnson in his IndyCar run next year. Rudy Fugel will crew chief William Byron at Hendrick Motorsports. I think this is a great move, and I think it will be just like when Jerry Baxter and Bubba teamed up this year. I liked that move before the season. It turned out to be great. I think Rudy Fugel and William Byron will have the same effect. Yep, yep. I, I, I totally 100% agree with that. Uh, Josh Balicki right has an awesome-looking right police car paint scheme out there. It looks identical to one. That was pretty cool. Caught my attention. Uh, he's going to have that at Martinsville this weekend. And the big news to drop, Kyle Larson is joining Hendrick Motorsports and will drive the five car. He was interviewed by the Dale Jr. Download, and that aired yesterday on NBC Sports Network at 8 p.m. It's available to listen to as well. I have to go back and, and listen and watch to it, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they had him on the hub last night, and I mean, they they grilled him for about 20 minutes and, and really some real tough questions. Uh, Michael Waltrip and Jeff Gordon was uh, really uh, on him and trying to um, – it sounded like he's done more than extra to, to straighten his life out. And, um, yeah, good interview. And I haven't caught the podcast yet. Um, I saw a couple clips of it. So, yeah, Kyle Larson in the five car. Um, no sponsorship with that car just yet. Um, I'm sure that'll come along. Hendrick has a way of uh, influencing uh, um, sponsors to come on board. So the five, the five team. That's how Hendrick started back in the day with the the superstar, and they might just go with that star series. So we'll see. They yeah, good for Kyle Larson. All he's done to get back after his um, terrible mistake, and it was it was a terrible mistake, but. I did catch a clip from that interview and Rick Hendrick was also on the Dale jr. Download. And he said, you know, this country is built on second chances and, you know, Kyle Larson has put in the work he's changed. He's realized a few things and he deserves a second chance and uh, he's going to get it and we'll see what he does with it. Yep. He'll be, he'll be just fine. So he'll be, uh, he'll be on his way. So he's got so much talent. Yep, he needs I agree. To be in the NASCAR. Series. Um, and then just released today, the um, 2311 racing team with Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin, and Bubba Wallace, they unveiled a car. It's a red and white looking 23 Toyota Camry. So that officially puts it out there that it'll be Toyota number 23 and a sponsorship will be determined at a later date. So pretty sharp looking car. Yeah. Yeah. Figured that was coming around too. So, yeah, the 23. And another another big story that came out this afternoon, the Xfinity series has released their 2021 schedule. I glanced at it here while we were talking a little bit. It looks like it kind of mirrors the Cup series pretty much. Um, I think like 90% of it. So um, so the Xfinity awesome. series we'll take a look at that and for next year. Uh, talk about it in our next podcast here. So looking forward to that. Well, let's get into short track racing now. We were down at the Dells Raceway Park, an awesome facility down in Wisconsin Dells for the following 150. And, Mark, it got cold, but what an awesome event. We're, we're tough, you know. It, it was like it was like when we left, it was like being at a Packer game, kind of. You dress for it. Um, um, there was not a bad crowd there, half, half full, I would say. 
A lot of people had rain tickets from three weeks ago when it got rained out there. But, uh, wow, competitive, man. There was some good, good racing that was going on down there at the Dells. Oh, absolutely. I was looking forward to this. It's the first time that I've attended this event. It's been going on for a few years now. It's awesome that there's something that late in the season, but it it does get a little chilly. Yeah, well, it's that time of year. You know, the next day it snowed here, so yeah. We ran it. We ran it as long as we possibly could. So yes, racing season has finally come to an end here in Wisconsin. So uh, unless if you want to do an enduro up at Wausau tomorrow, but uh, otherwise uh, the racing has been uh, complete here in 2020. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how fast the season goes. We always say that, but it it really did this year, and just an awesome way to cap off the season with Oktoberfest and then the following 150. But uh, let's get into the action here. Um, boy, it was kind of the time of Jeske Dalton Zier show all day, huh? Well, they started out front, and those two were together all day long. They had track position, and yeah, it was between those two that was uh, most of the most of the race. Yeah, Gabe Summers, I thought was going to be a front runner as well. Unfortunately, he had some issues. He had to pull off at the break. Um, tough day for him. Tough day for a few others as well. But uh, Ty Majeski wins the following 150. Dalton Zier was second. There was some interesting restarts that happened during that one. But, um, you know, Ty, Ty made it happen. Dalton was right there. He had a good car all day. Casey Johnson finishes third, and he took home the championship. And I tell you what, Ryan Farrell was right there with him all day, and he whoever finished in front of each other was going to win the championship. Ryan could have absolutely moved Casey and he didn't. He raced very, very clean. Multiple times he could have moved him. And uh, Ryan Farrell, uh, he, wow, it seems like wherever he goes now, he's he's a top contender. He's a, he's a good racer. And he's a good old boy. I, I enjoy talking to Ryan when I see him down in the pits. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was a late caution there um, when John Beal goes around, and that, uh, that brought out the last restart, and, Dalton Zier was was right there, and he was going to have a good shot at it. Just wasn't able to to get enough of it. But let's hear from Dalton right now. All right. Here with second place finisher Dalton Zier. Dalton, a great night. Not the finish you necessarily wanted, but second's not too bad. No, uh, we were the the before the yellow. If we had went green the whole way, I think we could have won the overall. I won it hands down. I felt like we were faster than Ty coming into the break. Um, and I made, we made some changes. I thought we're going to be the, the ticket. You know, I was very confident. Um, but uh, uh, the left, we swapped left side tires, and the stagger closed up on us. Uh, we lost five eighths of an inch from where we wanted to be. So it was a lot. Um, but uh, we were okay. We could hang into second. Then there was a late race restart with I think six to go, um, and uh, we went down into one. And Ty shot up the track, and I thought, oh boy, here we go again. You know, but. My car just didn't have the rotation it needed to finish the pass. Yeah, it looked like you were a little tight, especially in three and four through the middle there. Tell yeah. us about what you needed to get it done. Yeah, I mean, uh, in one and two, I could get down into the bumps and help turn the car. Um, but in three and four, I mean, I searched and searched and searched, and I couldn't get it done. I was pretty decent in the second groove through three and four, but, you know, that was not ideal for passing anyone. So uh, uh, 91's tough. you got to be on your game. You can't be missing it by that much to – to go beat that car so these cold conditions i mean does it's 
a little different with the tires and stuff like that. The yeah, track was a you know, little bit. I, I think so. Um, it wasn't, like I said, I said the, we swapped left sides because it gave us stagger, but I think the right rear never grew is what it really came down to. And I think the cold conditions kind of, uh, normally we're burning a right rear right off the guard, but I think the cold conditions kind of kept the, that tire from taking off like it normally does. And we didn't. Get a, get a hold of it. Sounds good. Um, anyways, uh, the... Uh, that it just the cold conditions are definitely unique um and uh we take it learn from it and next time we have a cold race you know lean on the right rear a little harder looked like the second groove had a hard time coming in especially earlier in the run yeah i mean we were one of the few guys willing to go up there um i was uh dropping the green flag i started on the outside pole um got the lead and then the 91 worked me for 25 laps trying to get around me and i could just run the second groove and you couldn't finish it um but uh as the race progressed it seemed like the bottom was the place to be especially in one and two um we restarted on the outside every single time all night and uh we were i we are probably the best car in the second groove but um it just wasn't enough sounds like you're going heading down to the derby as well that's pretty exciting for you absolutely uh i'm excited about the snowball derby um, the car's all tore apart back at the shop. We're going to freshen it up best we can, make it better. Um, if we can be, like I said earlier today, you know, if we can be as good at Pensacola as we are here, we can contend for the win down there. So uh, it's just a new track that we have to learn. We uh, were there last year. I think we'll be better this year. And uh, if we can just get our A game, we can contend for it. Do you it. have any notes from that place where you might have a game plan to get? We have a year's worth of notes now. Um, I, I got my teeth kicked in last year, you know, um, but uh, we made the show, and uh, uh, we we're really lacking rotation down there. I thought it was going to be a forward drive game, but you got to get down in through the center if you want to contend. Yeah. So that's what we're going to work on. Um, we know what we're aiming for, so we'll just I might I'll make a whole new set of mistakes if it doesn't work out. I'll tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> I think what's really exciting for the fans up here as well. You see the top three that are heading down to the Derby. Arguably the some of the best in the in the nation. Yeah, you know, I mean, the '91 um, is is a contender everywhere he goes. So anytime you can run door to door with him, that means that you can be too. Um, so uh, uh, if we if we get bring our A game, we can beat the '91, and um, and uh, that means that we can contend. So you for the would win. say he sets the bar for you? Huh? Well, I always say I watch what the '91's doing everywhere I go. I watch him. Because I always figure that if I'm if I can beat him, I've got most field lick too. You know, so okay. uh, I watch Ty. He's him and Toby are great. You know, they are great. Um, we want to be better, so okay. we're gonna keep well, digging. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited for the Derby coming up here, especially with you three going down there and others. We'll look for you down there. Thanks for the time. Congrats on the runner-up yeah, finish. Congrats, Thank man. you guys. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks to Dalton for the time in the interview. What a great guy to talk to he's a guy who you can tell he just has that mechanical background he knows so much about the car loves working on the car and he has a lot of knowledge yeah you know he's really friendly and easy to easy to, to talk to and uh yeah he's uh he's got many miles on him but yeah you can definitely tell how intelligent that dalton is and uh really enjoy uh talking to him Absolutely. And he's going down to the Snowball Derby again. Going to give it another try and looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be an incredible race to see how they can do it with uh, that team now. And 
he you can just tell the excitement comes out of him when you start talking that he's going down there. Yeah, well, he's got some experience down there, so now he knows what to expect. So uh, we'll have to uh, round up the speed 51 and get that up, and we're going to have to watch our hometown boys uh, go down there and see if they can beat them southern guys down there. Yep, absolutely. Well, again, Ty Majeski finishes uh, in the top spot. Uh, he was gracious enough to give us an interview. Another great guy to talk to, a guy who has so much knowledge, has won so many races over the years, and and let's hear from Ty now. Here with following 150 winner Ty Majeski. Ty, always good to see you back at home here. Tell us about your day. Yeah, we uh, we practiced a little bit yesterday. I shook down the car. It was um, really rainy, and we finally got uh, four o'clock, four to six. We tested and um, got some laps in. Got the car close and. Uh, fine-tuned it all day, and um, thankfully we were able to hold off zero at the end. It was a, it was a pretty pretty good race all the way through. Um, he had a good car. He put pressure on us uh, all night, so uh, i got to continue to get better, stay ahead of those guys. Had to deal with lap traffic quite a bit. You expect that coming in here. And also the restarts were pretty interesting all night. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, you know, I, as, as, the, as the second place guy, if somebody else is leading, I always give them the respect to uh, fire first and, and at least have them give the, have the, give them the opportunity to, to be ahead, and um, Dalton really didn't do that for me, and he uh, jumped us on a couple of restarts there, and thankfully we were able to, to hold the lead, and um, you know so, and then you know I, I kept him on, on his toes, I kept uh, changing up my restarts, and I think I caught him a little bit off guard those last couple, and uh, we were able to hold him off. You know, uh, middle of the race, all of a sudden you were sparking down low and two, and you said that there was something going on, that there was something broke. What was going on with that? We're not sure. Um, we couldn't find anything on the car. Um, uh, I heard Gabe Summers had a rear end issue and he was leaking oil, so I don't know if it was the, the oil I was feeling or or what was going on. But uh, yeah, definitely w- was bottoming out, and I, I felt I felt like the rear end was starting to move around a little bit. And uh, but I don't know. It could have been. When you're leading the race like that, and you got a good car. A lot of stuff goes through your head, right? So um, thankfully, it must have been just fluid on the track. Tell us what was going through your head on that last restart there. Obviously, didn't want to see that. And knowing how the restarts went previously, what was going through your head? Yeah, his uh, his teammate uh, spun out there with uh, with six to go, and um, that brought out the yellow and uh, gave us a shootout at the end. Um, you know, I kept changing up the restarts a little bit, uh, like I said. And, um, you know, I, was, I, I had been going late to that point, and I decided to go early. And... Uh, caught him off guard, was able to get position on him in turn one, hold him off. These cold conditions, does it is it different than when it's hot out? I mean, was it were them tires kind of cold and the track cold? What is it? What Certainly, does that do? yeah, huh? big difference. The track was super fast. I mean, we were running 50s and 60s um, at the end of the race, and and, and usually were 80s and 90s just to give you a sense of the speed difference with the with the with the cold temperatures. And uh, obviously, incredibly important to keep heating your tires under yellow when everything cools down. Um, it doesn't just cool down, it, it gets cold, right, and loses grip. So, um, you know, it's imp- really important to keep heat uh, and everything under yellow so uh, your tires are ready to fire on a restart. What's it like in the race car, too? It's got to be a little cooler than you're used to. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice, honestly. It's comfortable. <laughs> um, you know, you got a nice big heater in front of you, and you can stick your hand out the window to get some cold air in. So uh, you got your own thermostat in there, basically. <laughs> What's next for you? Um, I don't know. I'd like to go to the Governor's Cup, but uh, for sure the Derby. Um, that'll um, so probably one or two races yet this year. Uh, obviously, I want to get that Derby. It's a big one for us. You got to win that Derby after last. It's one year, that's huh? haunted us for uh, for the last couple years now. We're, we've been the dominant car late in the race the last two years. 
Um, you know, obviously with the live pit stops in 2018, uh, set us back track position-wise with I think only 15 to go, and we were able to get back to second with the best car. And uh, last year um, had an exciting restart at the end, and uh, didn't go our way, and ended up end up in the fence. So um, hopefully it goes our way this year. Well, we'll connect with you before you go down there for a little preview, and then after in the off season, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the win tonight. Congrats on that Oktoberfest, too. Yes, yes, thank you, thank yep. you guys, yep. thank you. Thanks to Ty for the time as well. And Mark, we just said some really good things about Dalton Zier. And I would say very similar to Ty Majeski, you know, just a smart guy, knows a lot of things about the car, loves working on them, uh, loves the mechanical aspect of it. And what a what a guy. Yeah, we had to pay attention to make sure that we got him this time. We didn't get to interview him at Oktoberfest. We got kind of hung up, hung up on the wrong side of the pits and we wanted to interview him and congratulate him for the October win. So um, Oktoberfest win over there, but, uh, yeah, Ty, Ty is, uh, sure gets away. <laughs> he knows how to get around short track racing, man. Holy smokes. Um, they were talking middle of the race that, uh, uh, there was something broken, the suspension like that. We could hear him on the radio, but, uh, might have had something to do with, uh, with the 15 car with the uh, summers. Uh, it sounds like he was dropping fluids on the track. So the track had some, uh, had some liquids on the track and maybe Ty was actually feeling that instead. Well, and you, you think about this too now. Think about what Ty did this year, not just what he's done all over his career, which is win, but think about what he's done this year. Slinger Nationals, Dixieland, Oktoberfest, Halloween. How about those races? Well, yeah, that's one right after another, you know. Shows up for the big races, and, uh, you know, Ty's the, the guy to beat, and that's who Dalton's here. When Dalton, we you know, he's, he set the bar right there, and then, and that's the guy to beat. So everybody knows that Ty is uh, is the one to go after. That's the guy that's uh, uh, that sets the bar. Well, and think about the top three here. So Ty wins, Dalton second, Casey Johnson third. Those are three of the top drivers in the nation that are racing around here, and three guys that you're always watching no matter where they go. Yeah, we have some we have some upcomers that are gonna. Also fill those shoes, you know, with Fenhausen, and Mondike, you know, and uh, boy, I mean, like Rich Bickle there, <laughs> even though he's gotten older, he still can lay it down, you know. So there's so many good, talented drivers around here. Uh, you know, it's not only to be thankful for the all the great racing facilities we have here, but such great talent that's around here. I mean, hey, I got to watch Travis Sauter run again. He had fast time, you know, and some people said, boy, I haven't seen him run in a while. It was Good to see Travis back out there giving her. So all in all, just a great series down there, man. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. And and congratulations to Casey Johnson. He takes the Alive for Five championship. And a guy who we joked about, but it's, it's true, he's a regular on our show. He's been on almost every race that we've done interviews. He's been on. It, it's incredible. Yeah, he's used to us. He sees us come and say, oh, here we go, another interview, you know? <laughs> which is good. Well, that's a good thing for him because, well, you know, he, he's done well. And, man, he's picked up the championships everywhere, you know. So um, we'll see how he does down down at the uh, Snowball Derby, too. So they were talking about going to Nashville this weekend, but they, they passed on that. So they're going to zero in and go down, go down to Pensacola. And I think it's the uh, great timing for him to go down here. They're extremely dialed in, and they have a great team behind them, and it's going to be 
it's going to be fun to watch them. But, uh, hey, let's hear from your champion. Here with the Alive for Five champion and third place finisher tonight, Casey Johnson. Casey, we're interviewing you again. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's never a bad thing. It usually means you did something right. So, uh, yeah, no, we wrapped up our uh, third and final championship of the year. It's pretty cool. Man, it's been such a great season. Tell us about your day, though, today. Not quite the finish you were looking for, but third's still pretty good with the field they had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we uh, firing off in practice right away. We had some transmission problems, so we missed the whole first practice, and then uh, basically we just got our scuff and then kind of went. But uh, Travis had the car real good right off the trailer, so, I mean, it landed landed pretty well. We made a couple adjustments at the break, and, uh, I mean, I think we could have raced for second pretty hard, but uh, we kind of had our eye on the big prize. What about these uh, super cold conditions, you know? Is it, it, what does that do to the track conditions and the tires? Yeah, it throws know? us all kind of for a loop. I mean, uh, our, our temperatures just don't get where they usually do. We're down quite a bit, which creates more speed and you'd think more grip, but it was actually really greasy out there today. I know they sprayed some of that syrup stuff in the top groove, and I think heat act activates that stuff, and it, it sure wasn't activated. If you got up in there, it's too slippery. So uh, it changed it quite a bit, but, uh, I mean, the racing overall was pretty good, and uh, I Dell's put on another good show. You and Ryan Farrell were nose to, I mean, bumper to nose there for, it seemed like forever. He had opportunities to maybe move you, but you guys played pretty nice. Yeah, no, I, I've raced with Ryan an absolute ton, and uh, got the utmost respect for him, and obviously he does for me because he raced me, you know, real well. Um, he could have laid the bumper to me and knocked me up the track, probably got in there, but uh, he didn't. He, uh, and, and he was the first guy in my window after the race, too, so no, that was real cool. How do you keep your concentration when you know that guy is behind you and it's pretty close? Well, Craig Kowalski, he's my spotter, and uh, me and him, we've done this dance a time or two, you know. I mean, it's just like uh, the Midwest ordeal, you know, I had Gabe sitting on my bumper the last 75 laps, you know. So uh, you just focus, you know. I, I've got a lap or two around here, and you just kind of lock in and don't mess up. How is it in there? Is it cold or nice and warm, or is it toasty uh, in the car? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, driver intros, I couldn't feel my toes. I was ready to get rolling, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, once you get rolling, everything heats up, and it, it, it's pretty comfy in there. I was a little afraid that some drivers would have some problems with moistures down by the pedal, you know, being at metal and all that stuff. No problems, it seems? No, no problems. The thing is, you know, if you just don't get enough heat in it, the, the fluids of the thing are just so thick that uh, if you try and run her when she's not ready, you start blowing out all sorts of stuff. So just get some heat in everything, and you're pretty much good to go. And then once the tires start catching up with you, then you can race. Sounds like you're heading down to the Derby next um, you also have a sponsorship deal going together. Tell us about that, and tell us how much you're looking forward to going down to Pensacola. Oh, I, I'm, I mean, this is uh, the time in my career where we really want to get down to the Derby and uh, see how we stack up with the best in the country, you know, and I think the equipment's there, uh, my team's there, and uh, as everybody knows, that, that race just costs an ungodly amount of money to run. So uh, my wife's actually put together this deal, you know, where you get a shirt, uh, window decal and driver's card you know and we'll put your name on the trunk lid for a uh, hundred bucks and we've got an absolute ton of support out of it and uh, i just can't thank everybody enough for doing it and uh, we will we'll be down there we're, we're going for sure well congratulations on a great night thank you again for the time you're a regular on the show now <laughs> super year buddy and uh, we'll thanks look God. forward to you down there yeah thanks a lot are you guys heading that way we are not this year oh, no unfortunately yeah. breaks our heart yeah, right. Right. Yeah. jump on the plane <laughs> Thanks to Casey as well. You know, what great three interviews we were able to get in the Dells. We didn't know if we were going to get any after it was because the feature ran before some other features did and it was cold. We didn't know if we were able 
to get some guys and we got the top three guys there. It was awesome. They were gracious enough to let us interview them and great interviews. Great to talk to those guys. And another guy we talked to after and didn't get an interview with him. And I regret that now was Mike Litchfield. We always enjoy seeing him down in the Dells front runner, great guy. And Mike, um, he had a, a little bit of trouble. Wasn't near the front as much. He was still in the top 10 all day, but struggled a little bit and, Man, what a, what a great guy he is, too. It's fun to talk to him about life, about racing, another guy that just loves it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, as much as we as we talked to him and everything like that, when we were done, so, well, we should have made an interview out of that. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty good. And, uh, hey, that 602 series down there, they ran super good down there. Brian Johnson Sr., you know, had a good battle with Brady Bill down there. And, and uh, Dave Trude, so that that 602 series is so popular down at the Dells, and they do a super job down there. That was some good, good solid racing. And then you know the truck series was down there also, and I thought that was one of the better races of the uh, of the whole day of how the uh, the trucks were uh, putting putting on such a hell of a show down there. The Dells, man, that place puts out some super racing down there. That's the place if you want to see good racing. Absolutely. And, and actually there was a correction after the race, Chester ACE uh, was disqualified as the winner. So actually James Swan not only took the win, but the championship, he was crowned as the champion, but he ends up becoming the winner of that race as well. Congratulations to him. But Hey, how about those legend cars? You and I were sitting down there on the front stretch after, you know, we went to go put our stuff away and everything. And those guys and girls are flying yeah, we, we moved down closer to turn one. We got out of our bird's nest, got down to the track, and we were kind of looking at each other like, look at these guys. I mean, they're booking faster than the Supers are around there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> good stuff, you know. Got to see the end of that race there. So that was some good one there. Tristan Swanson took that one. So, But uh, super, super event. Just a tad on the cold side, but what do you expect for October? Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good way to finish off the, the season up here. Absolutely. And going into it now, we'll do something for the Snowball Derby. We got some off-season plans coming, some drivers that have uh, graciously agreed to do some interviews in the off-season. So looking forward to that. I'm experimenting with some new technology and seeing about maybe doing things a little differently for this. So I am looking forward to the off-season as much as I was this season because we're going to talk to some guys, get to know some guys and girls, and uh, man, it's going to be fun. And Mark, thanks again for uh, being a good friend, joining me here, talking racing. It's always fun. And I tell you what, we got some big plans coming up here, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do be busy on the offseason. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to uh, um, some competitors that are having a little bit of medical medical issues out there and uh, just let them know that we're thinking about them. Uh, Rich Bickle, uh, Willie Gaden, and uh, Gary Rayborn, they're uh, – they're going through some medical things and just to let them know that we're thinking about them, put a little prayer out there for them, make sure that they're good. And, uh, you know, so hopefully they'll be all right. Yes. Thanks for mentioning that. I had that in my head to do as well. Um, yep. Thoughts and prayers out to, to all of them and everyone that fights every day. Right. And um, we hope we get to have some more good times with everyone. And, you know, it really hits home when you hear people struggling. So, um, hopefully everyone turns out okay and we get to have some more good times. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see that's out there and definitely thinking about them. So just to let them know that uh, 
they're there and we uh, we still remember them. So hopefully uh, they're up, they up and get better. So that's what we're, that's what we're hoping for. Yep, yep. Because we got more racing to do. All right. <laughs> all right well uh thanks buddy appreciate that and thinking of everyone and thanks for joining me every week remember you can follow us on facebook and twitter at ll sports network double l sports network on facebook and twitter make sure you follow us there for all our great content coming and you're not going to want to which miss the off-season stuff we have planned so thanks for listening to everyone take care and we will talk to you soon Yep, let's get ready for Martinsville. Oh, here we go. So, yep, we'll see everybody out there. See you later. See ya.